So this morning, as we're continuing in our preparation for launch in just a few weeks, we're talking about the church. We've been talking about church leadership, what is an elder and what is a deacon. And so just so that we're all on the same page, the word church itself, the word means gathering or it means the called out ones that are gathered together. And so that's what the word means. And so whenever you're talking about the church, I know sometimes we talk about like it's an activity. So, oh, I'm going to church. Well, that makes church now a place, right? Or, oh, this is how we do church. And so that now makes this something that, that you do. But the church is not an activity, nor is it a, a place. The church is not the building. The church is the people. So it is those who have been called out. Well, called out of what? Called out from death. Called out from the grave. Who have been called out from the kingdom of darkness. Those who have been called out from fear and called out of shame and of guilt. So called out from the grasp of Satan and of the curse. Called out of the world to follow Jesus. This is what the church is. It's not the same as people who follow other religions and and they just happen to choose. So if you're if you wanted to be Muslim, all you have to do, if you're not born into an Arab, you know, Muslim family, you have to just claim that there is only one God, Allah, and that Muhammad is his prophet. And if you can, once in your life, commit to doing the Hajj. So it, a pilgrimage to Mecca, and you have to do your five prayers a day and observe Ramadan and give 2% of your income in Ramadan. If you will commit to these five things, then you're Muslim. You just make the decision, you decide, you, you agree and commit to this, and that's it. You are claimed to be Muslim. It's not like that with following Jesus. It's not like, oh, here's a list, and if you just do these things, then that makes you a a Christian that makes you a believer. It's not like that. To be a believer in Jesus is something supernatural that God has done to you. Like we just sung, we have a living hope. You were dead and you've been resurrected. You have a new heart. You have been made new by the Spirit. And so the, the community of faith is not just people that have decided to follow Jesus. Yes, in a sense that's true, but you have decided only because God called you with the power of His Spirit to the preaching of His gospel. And so we are completely resurrected. And so this church, this gathering of people is miraculous. We are living, breathing miracles. And the church is the people of God who live in the presence of God, who proclaim the gospel of God for the glory of God. So this is who the church is. It's the people of God living in the presence of God who proclaim the gospel of God for the glory of God. And what we yearn for is to be a healthy church, not just one that goes through the motions throughout the week or on Sundays, but a truly healthy faith family. So you think, well, how, how do you know if you're there? Like, how do you know if you're becoming a healthy church? Well, there in your notes, you'll see it's our goal is to increasingly reflect the character of God as revealed in His Word. So you want to know what is a healthy church? 
a church that is increasingly, so more and more, because we're never going to get there on this side of heaven, but progressively, increasingly reflecting the character of God as His Word reveals. And so a healthy church displays the glory of God, shows what God is like in her community and in the world. So some examples. When, when people around us see that we truly love one another, when people see us forgive even when we've been hurt. Now, I didn't say if, I said when. When a fellow church member disappoints or upsets or even worse, flat out gossips or slanders or really hurts you and we forgive. When we maintain unity, even when it's hard or when there's conflict, when there's adversity and we maintain unity. When we receive new people into our lives and we're not just looking to hang with us for no more. On a Sunday morning where you're not so interested in just you and your peeps, but you're looking at having new people enter into the faith family and you are greeting and welcoming new people into our lives when we are serving one another, when we are depending upon the Spirit to help us live lives that are set apart, that are holy, where we're not following the status quo of what our world says is moral or not, but we are striving, depending upon the Spirit, to walk in holiness. Do you realize all these descriptions, love, forgiveness, serving, unity, welcoming, holy? What does that describe? God. God is like that. God does those things. And because God is like that, we are called to reflect that. And when we have a church that reflects that, that lives with service and welcoming and holiness and forgiveness we are reflecting the character of god and so our church all churches but we're talking about ours in particular exists to display god's character so that when people see us they're getting a glimpse of what god is like first corinthians 12 will be in that text this morning as we talk about church membership so we've been talking about what is a church leader elders what is a church deacon? And so these are those who lead in practical needs in the church. Well, what is a member? What does that look like to be a member of the church? 1 Corinthians 12, where we verses 12 through 26, he's describing one body with many members. For just as the body and its many members and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would, would, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. Did you hear that? As He chose. Verse 19, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body, what we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, for which more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. So here's the key, guys. He's saying we're many parts, one body, so that, verse 15, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Did you catch that? Unity, and so that we will have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Powerful. So as Spirit-inspired Apostle Paul, he is writing this metaphor of describing the church as the body of Christ and how God himself has arranged the church as one unified body, multiple parts and yet one body. And so if you look at this beneath your skin, what you have is cells. And cells that are of the same kind produce what? Tissue. And when you have multiple, multiple <laughs> tissues, tissues come together to create a organ. Yes. And when you have Organs working in unison, that creates a? No, a system, not a body, a system. System, much like your nervous system, your muscular system, your skeletal system, okay? Like these are your systems. And when you have all the various systems working together, you get one body. Yes, church, fine. One body. Yes, so the way that God has designed our very bodies is meant to display His glory. Like, don't miss this. Every time you look in the mirror, let alone with the MRI, where you're looking beneath your skin, it's just amazing. It truly is. The way God has orchestrated and the way He thought of having such diversity in our bodies, and this diversity becomes a unit. There is unity, one body, multiple body parts, down to its essence. And this is the church. Each one of you is a different part, a different member of the body. But in your uniqueness, you're part of the greater whole, the one body. One body, one purpose. And each one of us contributes to the overall health. So if you have one system in your body that is unhealthy, what happens to you? I mean, you're incapacitated if a whole system is not working. But even if you just have one organ that's not working, or what if you even just have one body, like an external, like, I mean, honestly, like Bonnie's so funny. She's broken her pinky toe several times. Um, and, like, it's funny when, whenever, it's funny because she's done it several times. The first time wasn't funny. By the third time, it starts to be a, a recurring theme. 
And, and when, whenever she's gone into the hospital to get checked out to see if indeed it's broken, the, the tech said, oh, that's not a pinky, that's a purpley. <laughs> because it was obviously... No, true story. So when, when your pinky toe is broken, you're like, that's just one small body part. You think that affects your whole body? Oh my gosh, Yes. You, you have to flip-flops all year round. Well, at least while, while your foot is broken. You can't put a foot, your shoe on. It hurts too bad, too swollen. So every single body part, as small and insignificant as it may seem, plays a part of the whole body. And so God has called you to this body, and this faith family needs you. You belong, and we talked about this before on serving But when you don't contribute to the body, the body is unhealthy and you are actually robbing this church of you and of your gifts that God has provided you to play your role in this church. So we've talked about the various roles, kind of the big picture. So I'm not going to review it very long, but there's elders and elders are the shepherd leaders who meets the spiritual needs of the church. This is the Leadership, decision-making, and as I mentioned, currently it's just me, but the goal is soon that we're going to have a shepherding body of elders, and when we first, the initial elders are going to be examined and approved by the first Baptist elders, so our sending church, Um, so it's not this autocratic thing. There's other elders that are going to be examining men. I pray in this room, and then we'll we'll have our elders, and the elders will call more elders, and so this is the way our church is going to be run from a biblical leadership standpoint. So there are elders, and then there's deacons. We talked about that last week. Deacons are servant leaders. So these are men and women that God has called to lead in the church, but to meet the practical needs of the church. And so today we're talking about members. And so members, what are members? They're committed to living on mission in community. So this is what a member is. So committed to living on mission in community. So let's take those three phrases, committed. So church members are committed. We just saw here, we just read it in verse 13, that the same Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. So we share, it says we're made to drink. So we have received the exact same Spirit who is in us and indwells us and binds us together. And then verse 27, I didn't read it earlier, but it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So you were individual members of the entire body of Christ. So as a redeemed, adopted child of God, this is important, you already are a member of His family. This is really important to understand. We're talking about being a church member. You already are a member of the church. If you're a believer, you already belong to Him, you're adopted into His family. This defines you. This is who you are. But here's what gets very practical, living this out in day to day. We talk about being a, a follower of Jesus, it's actually impossible to not talk about a local church. So what we just read describes that we need each other. That we need each other. And they were part of the same family for the same purpose. And so following Jesus cannot be done alone. So following Jesus can only be done in community. 
But this has huge implications, guys, because listen, if someone says, well, I love Jesus, I just don't like the church. Um, those are some serious problems. Like this is a very serious spiritual issue. If someone claims to follow Jesus, claims to be a Christian, claims to love God, but has little interest in gathering with God's people, little interest in worshiping Him with God's people, little interest in serving the church, well, that person is at best spiritually very unhealthy. But it, there may be a reason why they're not interested in worshiping God with His people and don't really love the family of God, and that's because they're spiritually dead. It's quite possible. I can't see hearts. But I did have a professor, um, name is Russell Moore. He's big in the evangelical world, if you follow him. Um, when I was taking his class in theology years ago at Southern Seminary, he was talking about church membership in theology class. And he said, when you go to the New Testament and, and you read about what it is to be a follower of Jesus, he says, the, the New Testament spells an inactive church member, L-O-S-T. So if you're an inactive church member, then you're probably lost. You probably don't know Jesus. You probably don't love Jesus. And if you do, then you're just really unhealthy and you need renewal. Not just our church, but God's renewal. But I would pray, possibly our church is an expression of God's renewal. To come back to their first love and experience the joy once again, of following Jesus in community. So being born again of the Spirit means that you already belong to the family of God. And so becoming a member of a local church simply means that you recognize that, that you understand, oh, I'm a believer, that, which means I belong to God, I belong to His people, and I can't do this alone, that I need a local faith family. It also means that you understand that there is a responsibility and there's also a privilege, it's both. That being a believer, being part of a church, is, it is truly being responsible, but it also means having a privilege. Or a privilege of being a son or a daughter, a brother or a sister. Because it's both. I mean, we, we try to teach our kids at home that like, if, if you would come and knock on our door on a Saturday morning, most Saturdays you would find us cleaning the house. Like this is just a normal pattern for us is house cleaning. And we don't pay our kids to clean the house. Like, not to disrespect those who pay their kids to do chores, but I say, you're Levant, you share our name. You live here too, this mess is partially yours. And so we're gonna do this together as a family and we're gonna serve each other and serve our God. Like we use this language. We actually talk, believe it or not, at home this way. and say, it's time to serve your family and serve your God and go clean your room or vacuum or whatever it is that we're going to be working on that day. Because you're part of the family. We do this together. And so in the ultimate sense, here being part of a faith family, it's the same thing. We serve each other because we share the same name. And we just read this, verses 25 and 26 are so important. The reason why we serve with our unique gifting and personalities is so that there may be no division in the body. Here's a purpose, unity. 
so that the members may have the same care for one another, so that we can care for each other. And so church membership isn't about, all right, I'm a member, now I get to go vote. Now I, now, now I get authority and I can vote out the pastor or I can whatever. Like this, this notion, this idea that being a church member gives you voting authority, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you're a member so that you can maintain unity and care for others. It shows a commitment to love each other. It's all about commitment. So it's expressing your commitment to God, to His purposes, and to His people in a really tangible way. So here's what you're saying. Essentially, when someone says, I want to be a member of Renewal Church, here's what you're saying. You're saying, now you are my responsibility, and I am now your responsibility to care for you, to pray for you, to encourage you. So is, this is not a casual thing. It's living out God's purposes together. Hopefully when you walked in, you picked up the Renewal Church Covenant. If not, we have more there at the table. This is our pledge to each other. Here's what we're saying. As a member of this faith family, this is, this is my heart's desire. So having been brought by God's grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and by agreeing with the statement of faith, we desire to establish this covenant with the Renewal Church faith family. While depending upon God's Spirit, we resolve to do the following. So recognizing that no one does this fully, okay guys? So just so that we're clear. But it is saying that we resolve to depend upon God to do this. To do what? We will protect the unity of our church by refusing to gossip or speak evil of others. By committing to brotherly love, humility, gentleness, encouraging one another, and correcting one another when necessary, by rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep, by faithfully following church leadership. Second, we will share in the ministry of our church by praying for her health and growth, by using our gifts and talents to serve the faith family, by actively building relationships with unbelievers, and sharing the gospel with them. Three, we will support the testimony of our church by faithfully attending worship gatherings, by seeking God's power to live carefully in this world and denying ungodliness and worldly passions. We will strive to live self-controlled, upright, and holy lives by financially contributing joyfully, generously, and regularly to the support of the ministry, expenses of the church, relief of the poor, and spread of the gospel. By committing that upon moving from Central Texas, we will unite with another church as soon as possible, where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. So this is our covenant that we will protect the unity of our church, sharing the ministry of our church, and support the testimony of our church. And as we read this, what we're talking about is having meaningful membership where you belong, where you know you're being prayed for, where you know you're being loved, where you are being encouraged, where you know that you matter. And if you miss a Sunday or you miss 
a home group gathering or you miss whatever that you're missed, that you can't just sneak in and sneak out. We are not looking to build a crowd. We're looking to build a faith family that treasures Jesus and loves each other for the display of the glory of God, which is why I love a month ago when we were learning how to set up these two trailers full of stuff and um, talking to the hospitality team. So a few of you in here that were there that morning, you remember this. When we were talking about setting up the church lobby and you guys told me we need more panels because we need to make sure that we block off a second entrance into the worship center so that we force everyone to meet us. Force everyone in the bottleneck, essentially, where they have to come and let us get to know them and shake their hand and get their information and hand them a coffee and give them a side hug or whatever it is and say, I'm so glad you're here. Come belong. And I was honestly, now I'll confess it, I was thinking, no pressure, give them two options, lobby, or you can bypass it. We don't want people to feel uncomfortable too early on. And you guys were like, no, we want to get to know them and make them feel welcome and belong. And so block off that entrance and reprint the signage and we're going to have one entrance so that we can meet everyone. That is a launch team that gets it that understands that this, what we're trying to accomplish here is have people come and experience the renewal of God. And our church is designed to give us the encouragement that we need to keep following Jesus and living on mission, but also the correction, let's just be honest, because all of you that have kids, you know, sometimes your kids need encouragement, but sometimes they need a kick in the pants. Not a literal kick in the pants. It, it can be a, ver- a few moans. No, I'm talking about it could be as simple as a verbal correction. It could be loss of privilege. There are all kinds of ways that as parents that you encourage and correct your kids. And this is a faith family, as we talked about, led by the, faith, the father figures that are the elders. And so it's going to be no different. We, we hope that every week you are just encouraged and yet, when necessary, lovingly corrected. And let me just say this so that we're very clear. There is one shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He laid his life down for the sheep. We, as pastors, elders, are under shepherds that are also fellow sheep. And I need the loving and correcting body of Christ as much as you do. So church members are committed. Number two, church members are on mission. We serve the church. We serve the world. Now, we we talked about this already, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but these verses here describe how the Spirit has gifted and there's manifestations of the Spirit in lots of different ways in spiritual gifts. And so God empowers believers to accomplish His purposes. And so God works through His people. Kind of like my head and yours, my brain works through my members, my body parts. So for example, if your body needs fuel, all right, if, if, if your brain is saying, oh, we're, we're getting low on fuel, the tank is getting kind of low, 
what does your brain do? It sends a message to what? To your stomach. And it causes discomfort. And it causes some rumbling to go on in your stomach. And you feel it. Well, why do you feel it? Because your brain sent the messages to say, cause pain. We need fuel. So then what happens? So then that causes your rest of your backside to get up off the couch or whatever, and then uses your feet to walk to the fridge, and then uses your hands to open the fridge, your other hand to pull out the whatever you're going to eat, very healthy, nutritious snack, I'm sure, um, and then your hands to open the package, and then your teeth and your tongue and your saliva and everything else to get it down into your stomach so that the purpose is being accomplished of your body getting the fuel that it needs. But how many body parts were just used to accomplish that one purpose? Like most of them were used. Same thing in the church. The brain is controlling everything that's going on, but all the body parts accomplish the purpose. And so Jesus is the head of the church. It is Jesus who is at work. It is through his spirit sending out the messages through, first of all, his word, but then the Spirit also speaks to and leads individual believers so that each of us individually are following God, hearing from God, and can go in the same direction, accomplishing our purpose as we serve in the church. We also serve the world. We reach the lost. We aim to multiply. We greet guests on a Sunday morning and follow up with them. And then we go like this weekend, then knock on doors of strangers and say, how can we pray for you? And do you need God's renewal? If you do, come join us at this awesome new church called Renewal Church. So I hope you're getting the flavor that being, I mean, by now you already know this, but being part of this church is not just showing up on a Sunday. If anyone says, I just want to show up, then this is not the church for them. Like, no offense, but this is not for them. Because what we're trying to do is really intentional and life-giving accomplishing God's purposes. But we also live in community. So lastly here, church members live in community. We share the same Father. We share the same Savior. We share the same Spirit. We share the same mission. And so we need each other. So we don't shame each other. Whenever someone has something great happens for them, we're happy for them. We're not envious. We're happy when God blesses other people. And whenever someone is struggling, we go, we put our arm around them, we pray for them, we cry with them. We share the highs and the lows together in community. Encourage and correct one another, all of it in love for the glory of God. And so this covenant becomes the basis for our community that we're accountable to God and accountable to each other to protect the unity of our church, sharing the ministry of our church, and it's more the, the, the testimony of our church. So how will this work beyond the launch team phase once we actually launch on Easter? Well, I'll be teaching a class called New Start, which is basically a membership class. It'll be a condensed version of what you've been learning since like October. It'll be a brief crash course on that for anyone that is new. They can come learn about who we are as a church, what are our beliefs, what is our strategy of um, worship and growth and community and influence and how they can be a part of this church. And so we'll have that class called New Start. 
And then once someone goes to that class, if, they're, if they feel led to join Renewal Church, then they'll fill out a card so that we know that they're interested, and then we will follow up and schedule a meeting. Now, in the future, ideally, this meeting would happen with a church elder or lead pastor, but for me to meet with everyone is just not possible. Um, so we're going to be using at this, at this phase of development, including our home group leaders, people that I love and trust that I know are following Jesus, and, and we're going to have them help to shepherd the faith family and have home group leaders meet with people that are wanting to become members and basically do four things. This is not that complex. We will hear their salvation story. So if someone's going to be a member of this church, we have to know that they're believers. And so we hear their story of salvation. Second, we're going to ask the person, so where are you going to serve? We're not going to ask this new member, will you serve? That's the wrong question because you're a member of the family now. So we serve, this is what we do. So where do you feel God calling you to serve? And then we're going to ask also, which group will you be joining? Assumption is if you're a member of this church, you're part of a home group. It's how we do life, it's how we roll. And so you're part of one. Which one? Let's talk through that and find you a home group. And then lastly, sign the covenant, which is saying, I feel called to be part of what God is doing here with these people following Jesus in this way. And then we'll have members meetings. Note, I didn't call them business meetings, but we will have members meetings and we will present new members at that point so that everyone can see who God has brought in a formal way to our faith family. Um, so these members meetings are not business meetings. Think of these as more like family meetings. They'll be singing because there always is when we get together. There will be the word, even if it's brief, some kind of teaching that possibly is just for the family, addressing maybe issues or conflict because that happens in a church. These things come up. And so it'll be opportunity for the faith family to meet, talk about sensitive issues. Um, but it's not always going to be sensitive issues. If, if nothing has come up, then praise God. We'll still get together and we'll still sing and still have the word. And you'll be able to share like a testimony time um, and be able to do it when there's no guests. It's just the core. It's just the members of the faith family. Now, if someone has left our church, if, if a member has left, then we will give you the report on who has left. So yes, who, who the members are since our last meeting, but who has left. And, and I and then future elders will explain, well, here's why they left. And here's what we did to pursue them, to do our best to keep them. But they refused to repent or they refused to Whatever it is, and I will tell the church that there is transparency. I don't like it, and I don't think it's healthy whenever someone leaves and no one knows who left or why or how, and I just think that, that creates a vacuum, and then people tend to want to fill that with their own imagination or what they heard, and so we're going to say, all right, let's talk. Here's what happened. I know that there's been a rumor about whatever. Here's what happened. And we'll talk about these things because we want to dispel rumors and bring everything into the light. So this might feel scary to you, but the idea is not that it'd be scary. The idea is that we're being intentional with following Jesus. Now, in the, in the church that is um, 
like First Baptist. And I love First Baptist, but we're just different in regards to how we're organized. So being a member or going to a business meeting, what typically happens is there's an issue that has to be voted on and is presented. And the answer is, well, this committee and this committee has already approved it. And so here it is. All in favor, raise your hand. Everyone says, okay, raise your hand. And then, and then that's it. And you're done. Well, there really isn't always necessarily a lot of discussion on, what, well, how did we come to this decision? And what was the process? And what is God saying to you, elder body, and so forth? And it just comes a finished, presented, now raise your hands and vote. And I just think that that robs the body of being involved in the process. And it gives people the authority to vote that I don't believe is theirs biblically to have. So it's going to look very different. So with, with, with Decision-making at renewal, if you are a guest or if you are an attender, even if you attend regularly, if you're not a covenant member, where we've heard your story and you've signed the covenant and you're a member of the church, then you don't get a voice. You have a view. What that means is you can see what's happening. So you, you can view what, what renewal is doing, but you don't actually have a voice. If you're a member... If you said, God has called me to this church, and I'm a member of this church, now you have a voice. And what you think matters to me and will matter to our elders. No disrespect to that attender or that guest, but their opinions on what kind of music we have, their opinions on how we do what we do, just carries no weight with me. Like, that might sound harsh, but you're not a part of the family. If I have a guest who's staying in my house, I'll, I'll be nice to them. But to say, Mr. Levon, I don't really like this food. I'm going to say, well, you don't live here. So this is what's for dinner. And if you don't want to eat it, there's the door. Like, no disrespect. You don't have to eat here. Like, you're a guest in my home, and I'm so glad you're here, and we'll be nice to you. Here's where you can sleep. We'll, we'll, we'll make you a bed. Like, I'm so glad you're a guest, but as a guest, you don't get to dictate what my home looks like or how we operate as a home. You're a guest. Now, my children, my kids, say, Dad, I don't like this food. Now I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to say, well, what, what is it? And I, now, I might not necessarily change the food, we might, and sometimes we really do, but, um, but we're going to have the conversation, and I care what family members think. What's on their hearts, what God is telling you, matters deeply to me, because God speaks to you too. So long before there is a bill saying, here, vote on it, fully approved, <laughs> we're never going to do that. We're going to say, faith family, um... We're really full on a Sunday morning. We're praying about maybe adding a service or a satellite or a plant or whatever. And we're going to present, not for a vote, but just to share. And then say, will you go pray? And let's pray together. And then meet again and say, hey, how is God speaking to you? And you have a voice and you share your concerns. You share your excitement. We're going to hear you as elders. And then we'll go back and pray. And say, hey, brothers, um, the church says that we should not hire this guy. Maybe we missed something. The church says that we're crazy to build that building. It violates our vision. Did we miss something? 
The church is saying no. Or did you hear the anxiety in the room, brothers? Like, I know we have the decision, only elders get the vote, but did you hear what our family was saying? Like, we need to rethink this and spend more time in prayer. Does this make sense? And so if you're a guest or an attender, you get to view what's going on. If you're a member, you get a voice. But the actual votes, the decision-making is for the elders, and it's not a burden for you to carry. It is one for men that God has called to be the leaders to do this. Now, is this a very different way for a church to be governed from a Southern Baptist traditional church? The answer is yes. <laughs> it's resoundingly different. But does this add value to you as a member where it's not about the voting, it's about the process and the relationships. It's about you being engaged. So what this is, it's not you just going to church and blowing off business meetings. Because honestly, today at 5, there's a business meeting and I can tell you that, you know who comes to the business meetings? Pretty much people who are over 70 years old. And those that are young see no value in membership. It's just a thing. But we're trying to raise a value and make membership truly meaningful. Which doesn't necessarily mean that you get a vote, but you get something that I believe is more biblical, which is you get a voice. And so you get to invest be invested in and be encouraged as you encourage others. If this is something that is hard for you, if you're like, okay, I hear it, I have to process, this is weird and different, and I just don't know, that's okay. Like, let's meet and let's talk through this. Maybe I can explain more, and, and I don't want anyone to walk away uneasy. But the goal here is to be a display of God's glory.